Hi, I'm Ariane. Welcome to Raising Our Voices. And here with me today are Lachlan and Luke. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Good. Oh, good. Um, and we're talking about um, the metro rail system today. Here we have Evan Tedesos from... Melbourne Metro Rail. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Good to be here. Hello to everyone. Hello. Hello. Okay, so you're, we've invited you along here today to discuss the Metro Rail Tunnel that's being built. Can you describe for our listeners a little bit about the project um, and why you're building it? Yeah, sure. So the, th- the thing about um, this project is that, as you know, Melbourne's population is, is growing significantly and oh, forecasts yeah, to grow because yeah. everyone loves Melbourne and they want yeah. to live here and that's a good thing. But one of the consequences is that we need more and better public transport systems to move all those extra people around, around the city. And what we're doing is overcoming some of the challenges we have in the rail system at the moment. So our city loop is pretty much at capacity. You can't mm. get more trains through it. And we've got a couple of key stations at North Melbourne and Richmond that are also real congestion points. Yeah. So by us building this tunnel, effectively it goes from South Kensington to South Yarra, and it's about nine kilometres and five underground stations. What we do is we increase the capacity through the middle of the city by about 45% for rail, which is a massive uplift on the the loop that's there at the moment. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then what we do, we take the Dandenong line that currently runs around the loop and the Sunbury line that goes around the loop, we take them out of the loop and run them through our new tunnel. The other way. That does two things. That gives you a really good rail line all the way from Sunbury to Dandenong but it takes two busy lines out of the loop, so it frees up space in the loop. And it is about time we had underground stations going the other direction. It's good. That's right. And, and these underground stations, um, they're located in, obviously, areas where there's a real need. Um, in particular, the two in the, the city have underground direct connection. So one's very close to Melbourne Central, and there's a direct link underground from the new one to the existing and the same down at near Flinders Street there's an underground connection to Flinders Street station from the new one Mm. then we've got one up in Parkville where there's a a huge demand up there with all the students and the medical facilities for a a, a direct rail connection Mm. and we've got one out to the west near West Melbourne there in Arden and that's about um, revitalising an area where we can have more growth, more um, more commercial, retail and residential opportunity. And then down to the south of the city near Domain, uh, we've got another one down there that really helps for that area from a tourist perspective, from the commercial precinct along St Kilda Road. And I understand that that's sort of near where Docklands is, is that right? No, we oh, don't no. actually go near Docklands with this one. Yeah. Um, there is a future rail um tunnel that you're sort of in the longer term thinking at the moment that would go more near the Docklands area yeah and that that's actually just been 
um, brought to the public's attention in the last few days mm. through the new Infrastructure Victoria mm. body. Sounds great. <clears throat> Lachlan, you have a question. Yeah. Um, like, like, I know um, experiencing this morning, I was talking to a woman this morning, like, you are mentioning about the new stations. She was talking to me on the train. Apparently three wheelchairs couldn't get on the train because they were chockers already. And do you really think that's going to... Um, going to... Sorry. Going to improve the um, solution or is that going to put a band-aid solution or create bandage solution? Mm. No, th this project's a massive increase in capacity for Melbourne, which will help with the congestion that you were talking about with that lady this morning. But but importantly, we're buying new trains, new, they're called high capacity metro trains that are the latest international standard. And these trains are designed with more space within them so you can get more people on them, effectively less seats. Um, and we're designing these stations for these new trains, they'll be dedicated just to the line that runs between Sunbury and Dandenong initially, but in the longer term, these more and more of these trains will be rolled out across Melbourne. But they definitely will help with both getting on and off the trains, where in the case of a wheelchair, and with space on the trains for people. What about, um, so you're saying what Dandenong, so will that, will that include for the Sky Rail? So there is another project happening at the moment where they're removing level crossings and there yep. are nine of them to yep. remove. And they'll all be removed before Melbourne Metro comes online mm -hmm. because in order to run more trains, and, and that's what we want to do with this project, mm. you need to be able to um, not make the, the road crossings that are there at the moment any worse because if, mm. if we run more trains without doing these, these level crossing removals... You'll just have people backed up at boom gates longer and longer. Yeah. So you get rid of them first, then we can run more trains to a much more efficient solution. And then, so will these high-capacity trains be running on the Sky Rail before this project's finished? They will. So they'll be rolled out progressively. The first of them start coming in 2019, I think. And they will, ultimately, there are 65 new trains to come. So what brand... But, what brand? Um, well, there's a there's a contract that's um, in place at the moment for supplying those new trains, and there's a there's an entity that's been so what brand, got to the preferred what brand, stage. So what brand? It, it, it's there's no actual brand, but there are companies that that build these trains. Yeah, what company? Um, so the new trains that are it's not part of our works. It's part mm. of a, a completely separate project mm. so I'd, I'd probably leave that for for others to talk to because they're in a right. a negotiation stage commercial right. negotiations at the moment thank you very much um i just wanted to bring the attention to luke for a moment because he has a question so we'll be starting works there we've started works now actually in um <laughs> service investigations and minor relocations but once we get our planning approvals in place we'll be starting to build um, 
some fairly major works early next year. But ultimately, because this is a massive project, the, the end game where we'll be running the new services through the new tunnel will be 2026. So it's a long way off, but it's a big project. They, it takes a long time to build this infrastructure and then commission it and get it running um, in, in sync with the rest of the network. Yeah. So does that... Sorry. Um, so we've, we've got... The actual tunnel goes from South Kensington to South Yarra, and then we've got the five different stations and where it where it runs is the tunnel comes in through North Melbourne and up to where Grattan Street intersects with Royal Parade that's where one of our stations will be right next to Melbourne Uni then we swing around and we come down to the top of the city and and the tunnel runs under Swanston Street all the way down under the Yarra and then follows pretty much follows St Kilda Road down as far as Turak Road and then heads off to the to the east towards South Yarra, running pretty much under Turak Road. Is it really? Sorry, sorry, Luke. So, so does that we're going to do a bit tram lines in it? So are they going to be non-existent or? No, no, not not non-existent. But we certainly help the tram network with this project because at the moment there are a lot of trams that come up the Swanston Street, St Kilda Road spine. And by putting our new station at Domain, which is down just near St Kilda Road, there, sort of near the corner of Turak Road and St Kilda Road, mm -hmm. we're going to have a, a, a high change um, interchange there, high transfer interchange, where people coming up on a tram on St Kilda Road who might want to get to, say, Melbourne Uni or the medical precinct up in Parkville, and there's a lot of them, They'll get off the tram and on the train because it'll be much quicker to mm. catch the train up to Parkville. So that'll enable us to take some of those tram services off St Kilda Road and, and make it a more efficient spine oh, okay. and we'll it. move them to the west of Melbourne. So they'll serve, one will run up um, Spencer Street and probably others up Williams Street and that helps better service the western part of Melbourne that really does need more tram services. So, so again, so does it? Is it going to affect Ross House? Um, so Ross House is on Flinders Lane, just yep, near Swanston. So what we'll be doing there is is um, putting our major station works under Swanston Street. So we'll be accessing the the station underground to build it from City Square. So we'll be having like a big building site in City Square and we'll have a big building site at the back of Young and Jackson's, sort of behind Ross House. But we won't be directly impacting Ross House itself. And, and you'll be able to access in there, yes, there'll be truck movements and things, but it'll be a bit like having some big city building projects going on around you. Right. And we'll obviously make sure that access to your building as there will be to many other buildings in the area is, is maintained and and supported. That's great. Thanks for letting us know about that. Yeah. Um, now, as you um, said, you'll be, you know, making the building site next to Ross House. I 
um, of the um, understanding that you have to knock down Port Phillip Arcade to do that. So how do you think that'll impact congestion in that area? Because currently it's cut through um, for people to get to from um, Flinders Lane to Flinders Street. How do you think that'll impact? Yep, so during construction, there's no question there will be an impact on how people move around that area. Uh, but we're going to manage that. We're going to make sure that we have alternative routes that are very clearly identified um, so that people still um, have that accessibility that, that uh, they have now, albeit there will be disruption. Um, can't avoid that. But the end game there is that there will be a station entry very close to that little precinct. So at the back of Ross House, you'll have either direct entry to the station in that little pocket behind Young and Jackson's or over the road in City Square. So there'll be a big improvement for access there in the longer term. I have one <clears> other <throat> question about Port Phillip Arcade. Obviously, there'll be people, you know, businesses displaced because you'll be knocking that down. How do you aim to appease the owners of those businesses? Is that in your... Is that like in the budget to do something for that? Yes, it, it's certainly in the budget, but we, we've been talking to all of those owners um, and the tenants that are in Port Phillip Arcade and there are a number of other um, businesses in that area that are also um, going to be, we call it acquired, the properties will be acquired mm. and because we, we need to make space to build these these stations. So there are there is clear legislation there that, enables us to work with those tenants and the owners to make sure that financially they're, they're supported through this process. Yes. And we, we're talking to all of them regularly. Yes, well, that's, that's good. I thought you might use that legislation to yeah. help you with that. Yeah, I'll call uh, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Lachlan. We'll get back to you in a minute. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to go to a... Um, Music break now. You're listening to Raising Our Voices on 3CR Melbourne. Enjoy. We hope you enjoyed that song. Welcome back to Raising oh, Our Voices. Um, we're talking to Evan Tattersall from uh, Metro Rail. And we're going to move on now to talking about accessibility of the project okay so it sounds like there's a need for the project um, um, to be accessible during um, building and finishing can you tell us what level of um, Oh, sorry. What level of commitment the project will make to accessibility and then we might ask you about specifics. Sure. There, there are a lot of um, requirements that we need to comply with, which is, is pretty much a given. So there's, there are... Um, federal acts, the Disability Discrimination Act, there's, 
There are national standards, disability standards for accessible public transport. There are local standards that Public Transport Victoria require us to comply with. So all, all that is pretty much a given. But more importantly, that we, we've got a concept design at the moment. We're working through a process now where we're engaging contractors to help us deliver this thing. And these contractors have architects in their groups who have worked all over the world, throughout Europe, Asia, America. They are across the latest international standards that, that um, are being applied. The, these are some of the best contractors around the world, and we're going to use them and that experience to, to flesh out that detailed design to make sure that the access to these stations and around the precincts, not just in the stations themselves, um, are designed and delivered with accessibility um, in particular in mind. Very good. <coughs> um, sorry. Sorry. <coughs> and are you going to um, aim for like the golden standard of accessibility or are you just going to complete things you have to do like um, standard by. So are you aiming to go above and beyond or just meet the standards? No, like, like I say, the, there are the, the meeting the standards is a given, but we do want to go further than that. We want to make sure that what we deliver here is as good as, as is being delivered around the world. And there are some fantastic projects that are happening that we're drawing on for experience, like the the Crossrail project in London, so it's a, a very similar project to what we're doing, where they've they're just finishing a new tunnel that goes right under the heart of London, and I think there are ten new underground stations there. So our our, our team and the the contractor teams have all been over looking at what the latest and greatest best practice is internationally. So we definitely want to try and do better. Okay, so um. Guys, we've got a thing here about lifts um, and how they're never enough. Which one of you would like to ask the question mm. about lifts? Lachlan? Um, yeah, um, I noticed um, in, in Parliament there's only two lifts and then coming up to street level or one lift... Then you've got another lift going down to one and two and then three and four. How many more lifts are you going to have on these other stations? So the, the detail of how many lifts and that is still being worked through. That's, that's something that we'll work through with our contractors as they do the detailed design. But like I say, we, we are complying with, with all the required standards and we're aware of some of the, the um, constraints in some of the existing stations. So... We want to make damn sure that we do better than that. Uh, but exactly how many lifts and where is is really dependent on the final design solution on how you get people up and out of these stations. But we take your point and we'll be we'll certainly be focused on making sure that there is and enough lifts sorry, there. Sorry. And what about what about um space? Because I've got a, a red trailer or tow behind me for work and 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 I can it's doable on the current stations, but I can but there's if there's enough if there's more than enough people, I can't there's never a time when I've 
knocked in someone or um so so I don't know how big are they going to be? Roughly. Roughly. <clears throat> the actual lift size, you mean? Yep, that's right. Um well again the these lifts are designed to um the latest international standards, the exact dimensions I'm I'm not familiar with, but they do vary depending on the load, the number of people that are going up at a particular station. But I've got to say that all of the design from how someone gets off a train, onto the platforms, up up to concourse level and up to street level is all being designed with um, efficient access in mind for for people who are in wheelchairs and and other, the age, the infirm, to make sure that it's the most direct route and that the we maximise the the space for moving for people moving around and and getting into lifts. So, because um, I'm vision impaired, also, I almost forgot to say that. What are you going to do in regards to vision impaired people? Are they going to like? Because I know um, people <coughs> when give them a new area and like it's like they're in a foreign country. And and then and, and being imagine being blind, no sight, not knowing where you are. So what um, are they going to? Are you going to be working with what the likes of Vision Australia and so so organisations like Vision Australia are, are involved with um, establishing the standards, like yep. with Public Transport Victoria. Yep, um, we've got. Uh, expertise within our design team at the moment that have mm-hmm. developed the designs mm-hmm. to a concept level. The the contractors who ultimately deliver these works will also have um, specialists in, in this area mm-hmm. to make sure that what gets designed and then ultimately built takes into account the, the issues that you're talking about. Um, and, and it's not it's not just um, your situation. It's it's others who are where where special lighting is needed to make sure that areas yeah, are clear. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, so and so that's all a process that will happen yep. um, with and the right expertise. Yep. Um, on on the same thing about lighting, but for people with disabilities, we have um, Luke wants to ask you a question. Oh, this is during construction, I think. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a fair question because when we build these this major infrastructure, there's a, there's a lot of impact on surrounding areas in in um, managing pedestrians along the footpaths, and and we will make sure that. As we, as the project evolves and we change things like the, the hoardings that surround the construction areas, that the lighting and the, the, the clear passage along the footpaths and even the, the level of the footpaths, making sure we're not um, having steps in the wrong place, all of that will be taken into account, not just with a view to the general public but also to accessibility for, for people with disabilities. Lifts are very small at Southcourse Station. Um, yep, well, Southern Cross Station um, doesn't come under my jurisdiction, but it, I'm aware that 
certainly a focus on Southern Cross because the, the number of people coming into that station has grown enormously and, mm. and they are looking at ways to develop that and, and the areas outside the station to manage that growth. So I would think that is taken into account as part of that process. Um, but what we mean by that, I think what Luke is trying to say is how are you going to learn from those mistakes at Thailand Cross and make sure that that sort of thing doesn't happen at these new stations? How are you going to um, use that as a learning experience? Yep, I, I hear your point. Um, and as I said before, we, we're aware of various constraints around Melbourne's stations but in particular, we, we are learning from not just local experience, but international experience, making sure what we build here is, is um, as good as it is around the world. So we will take all that into account and that will be sorted through in the detailed design. And um, um, I just wanted to bring something up with you. For example, uh, Parliament only has one lift to get down to the actual platforms and if that lift is broken um, no one with any sort of disability can often access that because even people with stuff like chronic fatigue syndrome can't walk down the stairs um, so um, how like do you, do you plan to put more than one lift in from street level so generally yes is the answer um, we call it redundancy, where you, if, if one lift or escalator is out of service, you make sure that there are others that can, can manage people. But the, the detail of that, as I said before, will depend on the final design, how many people are coming up in which exit or which, which entry, um, and that'll be designed accordingly. So how are you going to actually check that the construction meets the needs of people with disabilities? Yep, so we certainly will have our own um, expert advisors following us through the whole process, the journey where, where we have contractors who will be producing designs that they put to us for review and then um, our own people who make sure that what is ultimately finalised in the detailed design is in fact built to the required standards. So we'll be following that as the authority all the way through to the end. And is there any way that people um, can give feedback to you guys or suggestions um, on the project? Yep, we'll be having, uh, we've got to get through our, our formal planning process that's underway at the moment um, through an environmental effects statement process, which is, is due to finalise by, by early next year, where we get our planning approvals in place. But once that happens, we'll be progressively throughout next year forming um, precinct groups and and community reference groups where we and the contractor that ultimately builds the work will work with the local community and the local businesses and stakeholders to to go that next level where you start developing detail so that understanding what it is we're building and how we're going to build it so there'll be that that point of contact with the community and associations such as yours progressively throughout the job. So, yes, you'll have opportunity to, to talk through and understand what we're doing. That's great. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate that chance to talk about it. Thank you for coming today. You're most welcome.
thanks guys for having me here. It's been great to be able to talk to you and let you know a bit about what we're doing. Um, I hope to see you again. And um, thank you from the whole team thank you. here at Raising Our Voices. Um, and I'd also like to thank my co-host, Luke and Lachlan. Thank you. See you, everyone. Thank we'll you. see you next time on Raising Our Voices on no Wednesday, November 9th at 6pm. Next up, Tamil Voices. Enjoy.